Hi, everyone. Welcome back to What Now, a podcast for the lost and found. I'm your host, Amanda. Today's episode is extra special. We are interviewing my sister, Haley. She shared a lot of vulnerable and raw moments from her What Now experiences throughout her life. You know, you'll hear a bit about her marriage and then subsequent divorce, how she's raising two kids on her own and taking care of her family despite all of her many career changes and the ups and downs along the way. I'm so grateful that she came on and was willing to share her story with us. I think everyone will get a lot of good insights from her about taking care of your mental health and remembering to climb out of the hole no matter how dark you might be or how difficult a situation might seem, there's always a way out and there's always something you can do to get help. And I hope you enjoy Haley's story and learn a lot from her. I know I did. So I won't take up too much time, but without further ado, I think we should get into the episode. Please enjoy. Hi, everybody. I'm here with my guest, Haley Reed. She is my sister and the best woman I know living here in Tennessee. She's currently working in two different places and killing it at both. She's at Belmont University in the study abroad office, and we are also going to discuss her amazing career at uh, Tupperware and her incredible sales skills online and in person. She's also a, a powerhouse running the, running her own family, and she's got two beautiful, funny, <laughs> and amazing kids, my niece and nephew, Jackson and Mackenzie, and I think, you, what is it, four pets now in the house? Yes. You've got yeah. the, the second two largest. Yeah. yeah. It's the a, second it's largest circus in our family. Yeah. <laughs> After our brother, so true. Who's got, yeah, who's got six pets and five chickens, so it it's quite a mess. Yeah, <laughs> just mean, yeah. I'm like barely hanging on with just Dirk. So, no, no, yeah, Dirk weighs enough for all of them. Like, uh, yeah, I think he weighs the same <laughs> amount as all of Jackson's pets combined. <laughs> Something right. like that. Good lord. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for being here, Haley. It's an honor to have you. I'm so excited to dive into your story and your career path and all the lessons that you've learned along the way and any uh, fond memories or advice you may have for other people that are going through similar experiences as you. And it's just an absolute pleasure to, to have you here. Welcome to What Now. Thank you. I'm so excited. Yeah. So for my guests who may not know who you are, I know a few mm -hmm. of my friends have met you in the past, but if you could give us just a little bit of background story on uh, your your upbringing and where you grew up and how you ended up moving back to Tennessee. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I feel like I'm older than your other guests. So I feel like I have some more years on me, right? Some more moving around that I've done. Um, so I was born in Nashville uh, a long, long time ago. And I grew up here till I was in right before summer of third grade. And my mom was getting married, and so we moved to Chicago. And so I ended up growing up in Chicago, like really growing up in Chicago. We were there um, within the same couple of towns uh, through high school. And then, so, you know, mom, dad, three more siblings come along, all of that good stuff. But I was there um, until I graduated high school, and it was always my dream to go to the University of Tennessee. And so I went there my freshman year. Yes, go balls always. Um, so I went there my freshman year, but turns out it's really expensive to go to school out of state. And so I decided I needed a little less expensive of a path through college. And so I went back in state to Eastern Illinois University and I spent the next four years there, three and a half years there. Um, I had originally planned to, when I was at UT, I had gone in as an accounting major, but when I went to Eastern, I switched majors to, I mean, like the technical term is family and consumer sciences, but the idea was I was getting mm. a degree that had a um, concentration in hospitality management. Growing up, I always thought the Opulent Hotel was really cool. And for whatever reason, I wanted to work in hotels. I wanted to know how they tick all of the things. And so I got my degree 
in that. And so when it was time, when I was getting close to graduation, I was like, okay, well, I think I want to live back in Nashville. My grandparents were here at the time, my mom's parents, and my friends and I would drive down a lot um, on weekends during the summer. Just we would come visit because it was about a five hour drive from Eastern to Nashville. And so we would visit all the time. And so when it was time for me to get my internship, I only looked in Nashville because I was like, well, I feel like this is where I want to go when I graduate. And so I got an internship here the summer, um, summer of 2003 with Marriott. And I graduated in December of 2003, moved in with my grandparents and started a job at a hotel near the airport called Spring Hill Suites, which is also a Marriott. So I worked for Marriott. Um, I was there. I worked there for just under nine years. Um, and in that time of those nine years, I was doing the normal thing, like, you know, trying to yeah. find a career path, um, meeting people. I had a friend of mine move down. We got an apartment, all of that kind of stuff. And along the way, I met a boy and we fell in love. And yeah. uh, the product of that love was those two wonderful children you were talking about. Um, earlier. And so they were born in 2007. We got married oh in 2006. Gosh. I know. They're old. They're juniors <laughs> in high school. Ages, it's wild. I know. Yeah. I remember getting to meet them when they were, what, like a year and a half-ish, maybe? Yeah. They were little. Yeah. yeah. And now they're... Little toddlers. Now they're walking and talking toddlers. And it's now just... We're it's creepy. It's weird. <laughs> college visits. And it's weird. Like, I just told yeah. you my path, like, you know, thinking about like, okay, so I went to college, I did this. And like, we're doing all that same stuff, you know, is it, yeah. what do you want to study? Like, where do you want to go? And mm -hmm. this is what I oh. did. Yeah. Are they getting overwhelmed yeah. with the application process? Cause I don't, I don't know if it's gotten any easier. So we don't have any applications. We've just been yeah. doing visits and like ACTs, PSATs, things like that. So just yeah, kind yeah. of dipping their toes into the testing and Finally, you know, realizing their GPA matters and all of that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> but excited about the future. Very much excited oh, about good. the future. And, good. you know, so it's been good. But um, so, yeah, so we got married and it was, you know, for lack of a better word, it was not the best situation. And uh, without going into a ton of detail, but I had a moment in my thing. And I, you know, I will mention this because it's important to me because it's big. Right. Um. I had a moment where I thought to myself that I can, I can go through anything. I can put up with anything, but the last thing I want is my, I do not want this relationship to be what my children think that relationships are supposed to be like. I didn't want my son to grow up thinking you should treat women this way. I didn't want my daughter growing up thinking she should be treated this way. I wanted them to be, healthy and powerful. And I decided that I could do that better single, even if it meant I never met anybody for the rest of my life. Like, you know, hopefully I do, but it was just one of those where it was like, this is not, this is not healthy. This is not good. Um, and so as soon as I sort of realized that I had that moment, it was, I was good. I was at peace. Um, I didn't regret my decision. I haven't regretted it for a moment. Um, so we went through a divorce the kids turned four mm -hmm. um, just before, yes, just before the divorce was final. They had turned four. And so for the last, you know, 12 going on 13 years, we have been doing it just the three of us um, with ups and downs. But so that, so the divorce then led to, you know, I was working at the hotel. And so at that point I had been at the hotel this would have been right at probably the eight year mark that I got divorced mm -hmm. if I'm getting my math right. And so I was at the hotel for about another year. Um, but I realized that it wasn't working the schedule. Um, I still loved the job. I loved what I did. I had an amazing, amazing group of people that I worked with, but hotels are 24, seven, 365. Yeah. And I just was like, I can't do this. Like, I would work. My boss was amazing with my schedule um, as a, you know, co-parenting and all that. My boss was great. But what was happening was, is I'd have plenty of time with the kids. But then on the off weeks when I didn't have the children, I was working nonstop. And so I didn't have anything else. It was just work and kids. Like I had no time to do anything. And I felt like it wasn't healthy for me. And so 
I had the luxury of being able to slowly search for a new job because I was not in a you know position that I had to find a new job. I just knew this right. was the path I wanted to take. And so I took my favorite parts of my hotel job, which were back to that accounting that drew me a long time ago, um, the bills, the finances and all that kind of stuff. And so I started looking for jobs in financial things. I probably applied to 50 some places. Um, oh, a little easily. Yeah, I had a little notebook that told me exactly where I had applied, what I had applied for. So if they actually called yep. me back, I would know. I had a spreadsheet. I had to show it to Leslie yep. every couple of months to prove I was crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I love you, Mom, I had, but, it's, but it's true. But yeah, so I had, uh, I had yeah. this little thing going, so I knew what I was doing, and so I had applied to a couple of colleges, local schools, because you know I was like, well, if I stay there and the kids could get a discount. Now this is, you know, back then it was. They were five, so they were in kindergarten. Yeah. So it was a long time before this was really going to matter, right? No, but um, worth the investment, yeah. Right? So I was like, okay, let me look, you know, I'll see. And so I had applied for a job at Belmont, and I was just kind of like, I don't know, you know, we'll see. So they were one of the only ones. They were not the only one, but one of the few that called me back. And I will say, like, I've told people this story before, but like, when you go from working in a hotel environment where I had worked my way up from the nighttime third shift front desk person to the assistant general manager, mm -hmm. um, when you get an interview and somebody asks you, tell me about the most difficult interaction you've ever had. I'm like, pick a day of the week. Like I, I was about to say, I, I was going to save that question for after this. It was like, all right, <laughs> what's the juicy hotel story that you can say about Marriott without getting sued by Marriott? Like, what happened? Right? So, but it was just so funny. Crazy. So yeah. I was just like, okay, so I took the interview. The job itself is exactly what I wanted. But like after talking to them, I'm like, yeah. you know, there's, there's no way. Like this job is not going to be able to pay what I needed to pay. And, you know, I had a budget. I needed to make a certain amount. And the stars aligned and they called me back and we negotiated and they paid me. So it was a lateral move financially, but mm -hmm. I gained back so much time. So I think I did the math back then and I was gaining back about 30 to 40 hours a month of my own personal time by switching. Amazing. And yeah. so I, with the flexibility also at Belmont, I started being able to go on all the, um, I could do, I don't think I've ever missed a field trip besides like before I left Marriott, like right, I never yeah. missed a field trip. I never missed a moment. I was able to be um, PTO president for fourth and fifth grade for my kids. And so I really, really got to be a part of their lives um, because of that switch. And so it was a big, big shift for us. Um, yeah. There was less stress. My phone wasn't going to ring in the middle of the night. Um, and then they got to see me do things. So, you know, I traveled. Um, so you said I worked in the study abroad or I work in the study abroad office. And so when I was hired, I was told we don't travel. We just send the students abroad. Six months later, I got a new boss who said, you can't tell people what it's like if you've never been there yourself. And so other than the last couple of years, I've gone to at least one new country every year. And it's been yeah. an amazing, amazing moment for me. Awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the, your, your job title, where the division you do work in. I, I said study abroad, but mm -hmm. what exactly does that entail? Because I'm sure it looks a little bit different at each university. And how have you grown or learn to, I guess, appreciate your work-life balance better. Cause I'm sure a lot of people, like, especially me, like I, I was, as you know, I was with the government for, you know, 10 plus years mm -hmm. and I had none. Like I maybe came back to Nashville three times in that total 10 years and maybe yeah. saw my parents for either Thanksgiving or Christmas. It was rare that I could do both kind of a both, thing. Yeah. And so I missed a lot out of our childhoods yeah. like our your secondary you know yeah your, your second phase of your of your life pretty much because like I, I don't even think I saw the kids unless we were all on a family vacation like purposefully Probably not. yeah do mm -hmm. the thing. so how did how did that go transitioning into Belmont and what exactly is your title and how do you use that every day and stuff yeah so um I started out as what they call at Belmont um a budget manager. So okay. it's like, I was in charge of the money again. So back to the things I loved um, at 
uh, Marriott. So I was accounts payable, accounts receivable, managing the finances for the office of study abroad. Um, so everything finance. And then when I started, it was very, very small. So when I started, there were just three of us, the two, okay. myself, another full-time person. And then a couple months after me, they hired a full-time director. Prior to the, us three being full-time in the office of study abroad, it had been like a couple of part-time people, a faculty member who like was the dean of their college, but also in charge of study abroad, but also in charge of something else. So like Belmont was like, we're focusing on study abroad. And so they put a full team in. And so when I first started, it was, I mean, I kid you not, it was, you know, some days were boring because after the hustle and bustle of the hotel, there were days when I'd get everything done and be like, ah, there's nothing to do. Um, it's not like that anymore. But yeah. no um, towels to fold. Yeah, no towels to fold, right? So <laughs> I uh, would, um, so then I took on some new responsibilities. And so at one point I was running our entire process for our, what we call our short-term faculty-led students. And so those are okay. short trips that are usually two to four weeks over May, June, and July um, and spring break. And it's usually faculty taking a group of students abroad. Um, and so I became in charge of that entire process uh, for a while until the process, um, until we just grew too big and we started to have to, having to hire new people. And so I let go of that side of the process, went back to just focusing on finances. Um, and my title now is assistant director, but it's like assistant director slash finance director for study abroad. Um, so I'm the assistant director is like plain title. But if you have to add a little to it, it's the assistant director of finance for study abroad. Um, Perfect. And okay. so I still am in charge of all the money, um, basically still doing roughly the same thing. I've taken more things off my plate than I've put on recently. Um, but that's just because our numbers are growing, that as our numbers grow, um, my quantity of work within the finances grows, right? So when I first started, we sent abroad like 200 students for the year. And now we're up to almost a thousand for the year. So I'm in charge of all of the finances for, you know, all those students. And so it really is budgets and figuring out like what it's going to cost to take this trip and how, you know, many students and how do we make it work for the, you know, we're trying to keep the costs down, but we know it yeah. costs, you know, travel's not cheap. So no, it's yeah. really all money. Lots of Excel spreadsheets. I love Excel spreadsheets. Well, that's perfect um, job for you. It really is. So yeah, so I've been doing that and I, I love it. Like I still love it. You know, like any mm -hmm. job, it has its good days and its bad days, but overall I like the job. I like working at Belmont um, and I like the yeah. life that it's given me. Perfect. I, I think that's really good. It sounds like you're in a, at least maybe not necessarily more stable, but at least a flexible place that sounds like it gives you a lot of opportunities for growth. Um, let's dive into that a little bit. How does, how does the day-to-day -day compare to any previous jobs that you've had? Do you, um, have you had particular obstacles at Belmont or moments where you've had a like, what do I do now? And how do I how do I figure this out? Or did you have any overlap with the, the personal life? Because I know that even though the divorce was finalized, home stuff didn't really change, you were still balancing mm -hmm. a lot um, to take care of the kids. So how did you handle times of stress while you were at Belmont? And can you elaborate a little bit more about truly yeah. living the single single mom, Wonder Woman life? So um I feel like the younger years of my children, so also my younger years at Belmont, are kind of a blur in some ways. Um, I sometimes look back and I'm like, how did I do all that, right? Like, how was I PTO president and all, you know, all the things. And so one of the things I got lucky with at Belmont is that uh, we moved into a new building. And when we did that, just, I mean, I could tell you folklore of what it's like under a previous president at Belmont with like, you know, space. But basically, I was in a very high traffic area, which makes it very hard to concentrate on numbers and things. And so I was given the opportunity to work from home at least once a week, sometimes twice a week before that was really even a thing like it is now. Um, now mm -hmm. I work from home. Uh, I'm home two days a week permanently. And so I would, you know, I would take a lot of work home with me for a while, but I was really good at 
you know, because I was the numbers person, when we would finally get to a point where it would be like, we can't, like, we can't keep functioning. Um, we would go to Belmont and, you know, there's a process like anywhere else for hiring new people. And one time we hired somebody and I said, you know, I was looking at her job description and I was like, I don't know to feel good or bad about the fact that you took my job, split it in two. She has half and I still have a full plate. Like, how was I doing all of that? Right. I remember being stressed. I remember being, um, worn out. I remember a lot of late nights and things like that. And so, you know, it, it was rough, but overall the benefits always outweighed, um, the costs of it because, and the atmosphere, I loved the people, loved, loved, loved the people I worked with. Like I've, it's been amazing. Um, I've been lucky in that, in all my careers. And so I just kind of, I don't even know, I functioned through it somehow. I survived it. I think because I enjoyed the job, it helped when the pressure would get tough um, because I enjoyed the people and, you know, some of them don't even work there now, but they're some of my best friends. And that helped when you're working with people that you all care um, and you all are trying to help each other. Like, I think it makes a huge difference um, on that. And so most recently in the last, so 20, it's 2023. So 2021, my previous boss, uh, left in 2021 and we went through a pretty tumultuous year. Um, actually not something I can talk about because it is not still finalized. Um, things are still happening on that front with, uh, one of the people involved, but, um, it was not a good year for me, 2022 and everybody quit, but I was like, I can't quit. Like the benefits are great. My kids are now, you know, at this point they were sophomores. And I was like, they're just, they're so close to high school. Like, I can't leave Belmont now. Um, So we had an office of five and four of them quit. And then I actually went to human resources and was like, you know, basically just, I don't know what to do. Um, And I walked out of that meeting and was told that I needed to be on emergency FMLA. So I was off all last summer on emergency FMLA and it was, a really, really hard time for me. Um, I know it affected my children, but I've worked really hard to pull myself out of that um, and come out mm-hmm. the other side probably healthier than I've ever been. Way more balanced, way more... Um, I'm way better at leaving the work at work, right? I've gotten way better to where I'm like, you know what? No, I was in that meeting and HR said, I don't need to do this. So I'm not doing this. If it's not done in my 40 hours, it's not done. Like I'm not doing it. Um, and so I've just gotten better at boundaries so that I can, um, make my time with the kids, my time at home, much more intentional. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Um, and I'm sure it's hard if you're the lead parent right now in their lives, Mm -hmm. they're, they're watching your every move. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure people have said that all the time. And you may have remembered when they were little, like, they repeat everything you do or say because they want to be mm-hmm. either just like you or they just they admire you so much as their as their mother. Um, so I can only imagine how hard it is to try and do right by yourself, by your job, by your children, but then also kind of protect them from mm-hmm. whatever it is that you might be feeling too. And it's you don't want to yeah. upset them, but you also don't want to lie to them either. So it's, I can only imagine that that's a tough thing to, to balance, especially when you're a team of one at the office. I didn't realize it had dropped. I remember that you had uh-huh. talked about when the f- first couple of people had been let go, but I don't, I, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm a terrible sister. I don't remember that it <laughs> went down to just no. you. Is it still just you or did they hire? No, no. Um, we got a new boss and he hired a bunch of people while I was gone on FMLA and I absolutely adore them. Um, Wonderful. I could not okay. have asked for better people yeah. Um, to have been hired when I didn't have any type of say in it. They're amazing. And so it's just a much better office culture, office feeling. Um, I'm getting yeah. help in some areas, some support with my work in ways that I haven't gotten in previous years. And so it's been great. And, and, you know, I think there's a lot, like there was a lot going on at Belmont prior to that FMLA, but my mom had also been diagnosed with cancer. Um, my kids had a some other things going on. Um, 
that were really affecting them. And I really needed to be, you know, I was trying to be strong for everybody. And I think eventually it was just like, I can't do it anymore. Right. Like I just broke. I was like, I'm done. Um, but I can never mm. give up on my kids. So something else had to give. And once again, because of the benefits of working at Belmont, being able to take FMLA um, was a blessing to be protected and be able to do that and, you know, um, be paid while I was on it. So yeah, it was huge. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's a massive benefit that they're able to offer that to you, especially for an extended period like that. So that's, that's amazing that you were able to use that. And I, I wish well, it, it didn't even been... cross my mind that I yeah. could use it for essentially mental health reasons, right? Like it just didn't even, yeah. I didn't go into that meeting with that intent. I went in with other intents and came out with right. that. And it was, you know, it really helped me. Um, yeah. It was a tough summer trying to figure myself out and figure out what was next and all of that and how to move forward. But I did it, um, got on the other side of it. And again, I'm just really happy with where I am now, how I am now, all of those kind of things. So, right. If you are able to share, mm -hmm. what are some particular tips or action steps that you took during that summer, or at least over the last year from yeah. hey, starting the FMLA? Was there a particular thing that you did or did you establish so, like a new routine or anything that helped you truly balance that? I'd or, actually or started a better mental place. Yeah. So I think I actually started it the year before, um, the summer before. So summer 2021, okay. I started having trouble sleeping. And I think that it's just, you have to pay attention to your body. Right. And so nobody's going to advocate for you more than you. Right. Like that's what we try to teach our children to advocate for themselves um, you know, I try to have them advocate for themselves and I come in as mom when that's not working and they're not being listened to or something, right? but I need to teach them to advocate and listen to them, listen to their bodies, listen to what they need. And so that summer I just, I wasn't sleeping. I couldn't sleep. I'd be up all night. Like it was the worst. And so I was like, okay, I can't sleep. So I go to the doctor and I was like, I can't sleep. And he's like, okay, let's try this. And he gives me medicine to sleep. And I was like, great. Now I'm sleeping. You know, there was an adjustment period, but Okay, now I'm sleeping. So now that I can sleep again, there's still something wrong. Like, I got to figure this out. Okay, so what's next? So then um, I went back to the doctor and I was just like, so this is where I'm at. Like, started naming off certain symptoms, you know, and we're females. It's worse during a certain time of the month and all of that kind of stuff. And so, right. but it was always bad, but it was like extra bad. Um, bad thoughts, mm -hmm. bad, just bad. And... um so Even like invasive, invasive, invasive or intrusive, yeah. intrusive thoughts, yes. yeah. intrusive okay. thoughts, um, things where I was starting to get to a point where like, you know, when you're like, nobody loves you, right? Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. But then part of you is like, you know, the rational side is to like, okay, you're being ridiculous. People love you. Right. Like there's plenty of love. So I was getting to the point that I knew the, mm -hmm. the rational side of me wasn't going to be able to keep up with the non-rational side. And I was like, I can't, like, this is, I can't, like, I have children, I can't do this, I've got to figure something out. And so I went back to the doctor and he's like, okay, let's try this. And so I'm still on the sleeping medicine. Then he puts me on um, a mood medicine. So he puts me on that and I was like, okay, great. And so I go on that for a month and it comes up to that time of the month again, because it's just, it, the hormones are so much worse. And so I'm like, okay, so it was better, but it still wasn't great. He's like, okay, let's adjust it. And I was like, okay, so we adjusted the medicine and I still think in some ways that doing that saved my life because, um, shortly after we got all of that balanced is when I found out my mom had cancer. Mm -hmm. And then shortly after that is when something happened, um, with my children not with me, but something big happened in their lives that I was like, holy crap, how did I, I, where have I, like, I got to protect them. How do I, I've failed. Like, what have I done? And I don't know that I would have made it out of all that while all this other stuff's happening that I can't talk about at Belmont in the background. Right. So like right. everything's coming to a head, um, all at the same time. And I'm just like, I can't like, what am I going to do? So I think that I truly saved my life 
by paying attention to my body and advocating and going to the doctor and being like, I'm not fine. Like I need help. Like we got to figure something out. Um, I'm still on that medicine. Uh, I'm still on my, I used to call them my crazy pills. Now I just call them my happy pills, but, um, because yeah. they kept me from being crazy, but I'm no longer on the sleeping medicine because I regulated the other, because I, advocated for myself at work um because I did other things in my life that I was able to like go off one of the medicines right and I still sleep great like I sleep great now um yeah. I used to have entire days I didn't want to get out of bed like I don't have that anymore um so just really big changes um that I think changed my life but it's really because I paid attention and I knew that it wasn't normal I knew it wasn't normal for me um and I knew that you know, again, my kids are my lifeline, right? Like, so they just, they deserved better and I needed to be better for them. And I knew I could be, but I knew I wasn't going to get there without some help. And so I sought out the help I needed to get better um, so that I could be a better version of myself. I love that. And I'm so incredibly proud of you for being, despite being in a hole or at least in a dark place, maybe mentally and emotionally, you had mm -hmm. the awareness to go, okay, I don't know what's wrong with my body, but my body's off, right? And so having, mm -hmm. I guess, sometimes just the the awareness to pay attention, but also the humility to go, I don't, I don't know what's going on, and I'm not mm -hmm. fixing it the right way because it's still happening, it's still occurring. Like whatever I'm solutions I'm coming up with, coping <laughs> coping mechanisms I'm using, it's not enough, or at least it's not yep. the correct one to address this particular solution or particular mm -hmm. problem. So I'm very proud yeah. of you for, um, at, again, like you said, advocating for your own health, advocating for your own body. I, I think that's also one of the biggest lessons I've learned too, not necessarily for medical reasons, but at least career wise, like the only person watching out for yourself or for your future truly is you mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Like you, you can have friends that'll support you. You can have managers that'll yeah. pay attention. You can have a doctor that'll give you something, but whether or not mm -hmm. it's actually working or going the right way it's up mm -hmm. to you to decide no this is not it or not so I'm I'm very yeah. proud of you for sticking with it and not giving up on yourself because it's well, I'm sure hard it is and I will say there was a moment I don't know when months ago now but when yeah. I realized like you know again everything I do I was you know I don't know we don't we're not all free from mistakes right but of um I had Again, so some of the stuff that had happened with the kids kind of caught up with them mentally and emotionally. And, yeah. um, you know, so we we were exploring options on ways to make them healthier. And, you know, there's always the option of like, you know, taking medicine, going to therapy and all the things. And so one of my children had decided on, you know, they were already doing therapy, but they had decided on medicine as well. And I was surprised because a previous conversation it was like, no, I don't want to take medicine. I want to do that. And then we're in the doctor's office and they're old enough to speak for themselves. And, you know, oh. they were like, no, I want medicine. And so when we left, I was like, you know, what changed your mind? And they said, it was you. Like, I know you take medicine and I know you're way better than you were a year ago. Like, so yeah. if it can help you and make you this good then I want it to be able to help me too. And like, so it was a moment where I was like, okay, so oh, that's going to make I, me cry. I know. So as a single mom, I struggle with like, how much do I tell them? Because I don't have a person, right? Like, right, yeah. you know, all my married there's... friends have people. Like I don't have a people. I don't have a husband. I don't have a partner. I don't have any of that. But <laughs> so I have to depend on friends. I have to depend on family yeah. or sometimes yeah. it just lives with me, right? Like it's, I depend on myself. And so there's a balance between what do I tell the kids? What do I not? You can't hide everything. Um, right. And I knew I wasn't hiding it, but to know that they saw the difference in me from having chosen that path, right? Like, right. and it was like, yeah, I mean, your mental health is key. Like you cannot do anything else if your mental health is not in the right space. No, definitely not. And you can't, you can't grow, you can't grow or, you know, you're not, you're, mm -hmm. it's almost like you're metaphorically, you're closing off other opportunities or other mm -hmm. 
other things that are right in front of you, even if it's just simple day-to-day tasks, um, you, you won't be able to see it, right? Like you're covered in right. that fog. So that's, mm-hmm. I think that's incredible that um, the kids were able to see that and not, not worry about what would happen mm-hmm. to them if they were to try it. Like it, it's mm-hmm. great that I'm very glad that your experience was a positive one. I know it's not always a positive one with right. different types of medications for different medical ailments. So I'm really glad that that's worked out for them and that they are now on a positive path as well. Mm-hmm. And then it's working for them too. So that's incredible. Um, and, and that's really good. Well, from the downer side, do you want to go to the positive <laughs> side and start talking? Yes. Oh, tell me a little bit more about your your third life change uh, with, <laughs> with Tupperware. Right? You've started building this amazing sales dynasty uh, with this other company, and you've been mm-hmm. able to balance this job and Belmont. So if you don't mind telling the listeners a little bit more about what, yeah. what sparked the need for the second income or what... Mm-hmm made you think that this would be a good idea or that you needed to take it on? And then how has that process expanded for you and kind of like your growth trajectory through Tupperware and, and what you've done with that? Um, because I know you went to a conference recently and you mm-hmm. got to speak there. So like you're getting more non-sales related stuff, like you are getting uh, access to other leadership and mm-hmm. training and speaking engagements, which is huge, you know, like you're talking at national convention. So that that's a really big deal. So if you don't mind telling yeah. us about that. Um, so, you know, again, single mom here. So about four years ago, um, around the fall of 2019, I started thinking, you know, I really need a second job. I need something else. Uh, but because Belmont paid the bills, you know, I own my home, all the things like we're good. But I didn't have a lot of extra. I didn't feel like we could go on vacations unless we were blessed enough to go on vacation with family. Like I never had money to do it myself, just me and the kids. Um, I would have to like, you know, can we really afford to eat out once this month? Or maybe I could take the kids out, but I just won't eat. Right. And like, so I was just really having to pinch the pennies and I was just kind of over it. But because I was a single mom, I didn't, I knew the value of the time with my kids and I didn't want to give it up. I didn't want to like... I didn't need it so bad that I needed an hourly job where I punched a clock, right? So I was like, what can I find that's flexible? So, you know, it was kind of in my mind. Um, And then in December of 2019, I went to uh, a holiday shop with my mom. Uh, One of those, you know, there are millions of the craft fairs and shows that happen this time of year. And I went with my mom and across the way, I saw what is a classic Tupperware toy. It's called the Shapo. Um, and my niece was turning one the following January. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's got to have that. Like, that's the perfect gift for a one-year-old. It's nostalgic. Nobody else is going to get this baby this for the one-year birthday. Like, I'm buying this. Mm-hmm. So I walk into that booth and I got talked into a Tupperware party. Um, and so, you know, I had a thing where I had done like a jewelry party earlier that year. And so maybe this was kind of why it was in my head. So I had a friend who was like, you know, I have a jewelry party or a friend had a jewelry party. I went to it and I booked a party off her party. And so when the lady did my party, she was kind of talking about her business. And I was just like, oh, that's cool. Like, maybe I could do that. But like two problems are wrong with this plan here. First of all, I barely wear jewelry. Well, I wear way more now than I used to. But back then I did not. I barely wear jewelry. How am I going to sell it to people? And the second problem was, is the buy-in for that company was just huge. And I was like, I can't, like, I just can't, I can't do that. So I think that's where it was in my head. And so when I had my party in January of 2020, um, you know, the Tupperware lady was here, drove up in her Tupperware car and she did her whole thing. And so she talked about the business, right? And so I always say she talks about four things. Um, I've heard her story a handful of times now. And like, you know, she always says four things. She says, you can earn money, you can do it on your own schedule, you can earn free vacations, and you can drive free cars, right? Because she had one in the driveway. And I was like, okay, let's be real. I'm not earning a free vacation. I'm not driving a car that says Tupperware. Not because I wouldn't, but because that's not, you know, only the best can do that. Like, I'm not doing that. But you've got me intrigued. Like, I love Tupperware, and I can make my own schedule and earn money this is maybe speaking to me. And so a couple of days after my party, I actually was, um, had gone to like a coffee shop called just love here in spring Hill. And 
I was sitting there doing some stuff and I was like, okay, I really need to figure this out, right? It's January. That's when everybody's trying to figure out their New Year's resolutions and all the things. And so I was like, I really need this job. I was like, but I don't know. I was so nervous. I was like, you want me to sell stuff? Like the whole reason I love my job is because I don't have to talk to anybody, right? At Belmont. Like that was the whole thing. The best parts about the hotel job, minus working with the staff, was the parts I did in the back office, not having to deal with customers, right? I'm like, I can't like... I don't like to be seen. I don't like to do this, but something about the Tupperware, I don't know. I just was like, oh, I'm going to try it. So I like started a text to her and it was that moment where it's like, you just need to hit send and be done. Like just hit send. And it's so funny mm-hmm. now because to be on the other side to like receive that type of text or somebody say that kind of thing to me, it's so funny mm-hmm. to know what it feels like on the other side. But yeah. so I text her and was like, I mean, maybe tell me a little more. And so she's just like, you know, you can do this. The parties we booked at yours will be yours. You can kickstart your business this way. Like, it'll be fine. And I was like, okay, but like, really, I'm not a salesperson. Like, I am not. And she's like, just go to your first party. You'll be fine. So I go to my first party. I think I have to know everything. So I've got no cards because you get like when you join, the sign on for Tupperware was much more reasonable um, and such a great value. And I was like, okay, this is perfect. So like you buy this kit and I'm like, okay, but if I suck and I like stop doing this, she's like, you get to keep the kit. And I was like, okay, so this is worth it. I get, you know, I was getting like $600 worth of Tupperware for a hundred bucks. Like at the very least I've got a lot right. of awesome Tupperware. So then there's really no harm, yeah. right? Yeah. There's no harm. So I go to my first party and I've got a note card for every single piece that's in my kit. Uh, because I think I have to know it all because that's how I am, right? You have to be prepared. And so at Belmont, the joke has always been, I'll do anything you want me to do. Just don't make me public speak because I hate public speaking. <laughs> so I just don't like it because I think my biggest fear is somebody's yeah. going to, somebody in there is going to know more than me and I'm going to say something wrong or mm-hmm. like, I don't know at all. And they're going to ask a question I can't answer. Right. Like those are my biggest fears. So right. anyways, I started doing Tupperware. Um, it was 2020. So I started just before COVID. Um, and then COVID happened. And so everything was online. Everybody was at home. Turns out I was pretty decent at a Facebook party and like figuring it out because I'm super organized. And so it was really easy for me to work both jobs during COVID um, because everything was online, even Belmont, right? Like it was all online. Um, And so I actually, you know, started seeing some, I can't talk, some success. Mm -hmm. And um, so less than I was 10 months in when I was promoted to director, um, which there's other levels, like different uh, direct sales have different kind of things. But basically, there's a certain mm-hmm. level where you kind of just promote based on sales and things. But sure. to become a director, you have to hit these goals, but then you have to sign a box, like check a box that says, like, yes, I want to do this, which basically means like, yes, I want to lead a team. Yes, I want to be involved. Yes, I'm going to participate in you know, director meetings, like there's more responsibility to it, right? I could have just kept on going just normal, but I decided like, no, I want the next step. Um, So I became a director. And then a few months later, I actually earned one of those free vacations that I had heard about, never thought I would, but I earned a trip for me and the kids, um, paid for by Tupperware to go to Disney. And so it was amazing. And so I earned that in 2021. And then a month later, I earned my car. Um, so I do That's drive awesome. the Tupperware and I've been yeah. driving it for almost three years now. And it's just crazy because I would have never thought I was that person. Right. And that was like the first, you know, year and a half that I was in. Hmm. Um, and it's been four years of just opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And I have been able to meet people that I, you know, all sorts of new people I've had ways like this whole, like I sell Tupperware. I I, it doesn't even feel like I sell it when I have a party. Like, it's just, I have so much fun that I'm really just sharing. I feel like I'm sharing. I'm not selling. Like, I'm sharing with people my love of Tupperware and all the ways it can change your life. And, like, I cook better now because of it, because I have all the best tools in my kitchen. And what's amazing, and I think has sort of played into this, is that, like, so I'm a full-time, I'm a single mom with almost two full-time jobs because of the amount of effort I put into Tupperware. Um, But I can still make really good meals because I also have Tupperware to make them with. 
So like, you know, I'm coming home and making these things that, you know, other people spend hours on that I can do in 30 minutes. Or it's like, oh, you guys want a cake tonight? I got you. And we have a cake in 10 minutes. Like there's just, it's impacted our lives in other ways than just we have more money, right? Like Mm -hmm. we earned a free trip to Disney. Uh, We've since been back one other time. I went back for just an adults only trip recently. Like I've been able to take a couple little trips on my own, take the kids places. Um, So I've set out, I've done everything I set out to do when I joined, um, but I've done more. So like you said, with that conference that I did, um, it's funny. So at Belmont, you know, I say, I'll do anything you ask except public speak. I don't really get a choice in Tupperware. I get voluntold a whole lot to do certain things. And um, I had called, uh, I had called my business leader and like, she answered the phone and her husband's like, congratulations. And I'm like, what? And she's like, I have not told her yet. And I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And they're like, so you've been chosen to, you know, do that. You've been chosen to, uh, to train at Jubilee, which is Tupperware's yearly national convention. Um, and I was like, wait, what? She's like, yeah. And you know how, like, I talk about when I trained in a little side room, like you're training on the main stage first day. And I was like, okay. And like, it was just such a big deal. And I was a nervous wreck. Um, but it was an amazing opportunity and I would not trade it for the world. Like it was, you know, it was a great opportunity. And so Tupperware for me has been a chance to show the kids, like to be able to do more with the kids, mm-hmm. yeah. but also show them, you know, what it's like to do something you love and like, how do we balance all the things? And like, we still have plenty of family time. Um, I'm really intentional with my schedule and, you know, making sure that there's at least one thing every week, even if it's just a dinner and, you know, a movie or a dinner and, you know, games, but like we make sure we do the tree lightings and we do all, like I still block my schedule and I can do that because I'm my own boss at Tupperware, right? So I already have the Belmont flexibility, but now because of, you know, being my own boss, I don't have to request off time. I just leave my calendar open. Um, So it's really helped us a lot. And are you still doing, now that COVID's kind of dissipated i won't say it's gone but mm-hmm. dissipated a bit are you doing the in-person events again and the online the parties time. or is it a mix and match or so or how do I'll people do... find you if they wanted a party <laughs> yeah so i will do online parties um but i find that post-covid in-person parties are just better people like to see the tupperware they like to touch it um i can't really cook you a meal that you get to taste if i'm doing it on a computer right But if I'm in front of you, I get to make you some of my favorites. I get to show you um, how it all works. And um, it just, it's a fun time for people to get together. And so I have started, um, so I have, I've had another sort of like opportunity to grow within Tupperware uh, recently because the person that recruited me four years ago, um, she just promoted in March to become the business leader of our company. And so she had to move to Arizona. And since she moved, that left me as sort of the highest ranking person um, for our company, but in this area. And so, you know, I like I schedule all our bingos and try to schedule the training events and all the different things. And so I feel like I've stepped more into a leadership role because of that opportunity. So it's been amazing to be able to um, do things a little. It's given me like new life in it. Right. Like and I've just been able to. I don't know. I feel like she changed my life four years ago when she offered me the opportunity when all she was doing is what she's supposed to do, right? Like that's what we train everybody to do. Um, but I feel like she changed my life. And so I keep, you know, my goal is just to give that back and hopefully change somebody else's life. Like it's not just about the money because this has been so much more than money for me. Right. Yeah. No, I, uh, I got a lot of friends in my neighborhood. We should, we should schedule one and throw a party when yes. it's a bit warmer. Uh, I have a really nice backyard as you, as you know, so there, there's plenty yeah. of space out on the deck and you could like do a whole platter or mm-hmm. at least like buffet style of here's the item to eat. Here's yes. all the tools we use to make it or yep. things like that. So you can do a display and taste party <laughs> or yes, something like that. I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I, 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 lo- I enjoy it. Cool. I really mm-hmm. enjoy it. So no, that's amazing. And, and what about the kids? Do they ever go to the parties with you or have they ever so tried to sell something? Jackson, uh, when we first started um, and we were online, Mackenzie was my helper. She was in a lot of the lives with me. 
she did a ton of stuff with me uh, when we were all stuck at home with COVID. Um, she's a little bit more like, I don't want to be in front of the camera anymore. So she's not a big fan of being a part of the camera. Uh, but Jackson, um, you know, he'll go to shows with me sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. Or if I'm, you know, sometimes I'm doing what we call prize patrol, which is where I'm just showing up at somebody else's party to help support them, um, help them book parties, help them shower the host with gifts. So I say I show up like Santa Claus or Ed McMahon. Right. And um, Jackson will ride along with me like, hey, you want to ride along? Like, because most of them are, you know, 30 minutes to an hour away. And so like you want to ride and he'll ride with me and I'll go in, do the prize patrol, come back out. We'll usually get dinner on the way home or something. Um, so it yeah. gives us a chance to spend time together. But recently we were, I forget where we were, but he's like, mom, I was like, well, he's like, I'm really grateful for Tupperware. And I was like, yeah, he goes, yeah, because like, think about it. Like we've done Disney and he just started naming off like all these things that he knows we get to do because of Tupperware, right? Like, yeah. so he's like, we've been to Disney, you know, we're planning our next trip to Disney already. Like, you've done this and like, we get to go do this and you can buy me this when I need it. Like, you know, you're not as stressed. Like, he just names all this. So he goes, I'm just really grateful for Tupperware. I'm really glad Tupperware came into our lives. And then he's like, you know, so the person who recruited me is now uh, one of my best friends. And right. He's like, I'm just so grateful for Melissa. Like, I'm just so glad she asked you to have a party. Like, and it's just such a cool moment for him yeah. to be like, this is where we're at, right? Like, and he recognizes it. Like, this is what it's done for us. Um, he goes, and he said, he's like, I know I give you a hard time sometimes for being gone. Or I know I sometimes, you know, make fun of you for how excited you get. Like, he, you know, he didn't pull punches. But in the end, he was very much like, I'm really right. grateful for this. And I know that it's really changed the way we do things. So it's been really, yeah, cool. no, it's, it's, it's a blessing and a curse, right? Like it's mm -hmm. very money shouldn't be everything. Like your finances mm -hmm. shouldn't be your ultimate goal. Cause that can, I've learned that if you're only going after the money, like it sucks the, the fun out of the event sometimes, or like it, yeah. pulls, it changes the art from just pure creativity back to mm -hmm. a sales pitch and it's not always in, as enjoyable anymore so it's I know it's necessary to exist in life but it's really nice to know that you found something that isn't just a hobby like it, it's a life-changing experience sometimes and you you do get to have fun mm -hmm. with it too like and that's what your sweatshirt says right if you're yeah it says thanks video, Tupperware see, yeah thanks to Tupperware she got to go to Disney yeah, yeah. Mickey yep. ears on the end. so Mick, uh, McKenzie actually coined the phrase, thanks Tupperware. It was my first year in and the dishwasher broke. And so she came home from school and she was just like, oh, did you get the dishwasher fixed? And I was like, yeah, $200 and 20 minutes later, like I was salty about it because it took him like right. 20 minutes to fix something. And I had to pay $200. And she's like, oh, well, thanks Tupperware. And it was like a really big moment when she said it because I was like, Oh yeah, we'd still be hand washing dishes if it wasn't for that because I had two hundred dollars I could spend to get it fixed, right? Like, and that. so it's just been our family saying ever since, like, thanks Tupperware. Like, whenever we get to do anything, it's like, oh, thanks Tupperware. <laughs> yeah. You know, anytime you sign the yeah. check, the check at dinner, they're like, thanks, <laughs> not right, not thanks, mom, yep. but thanks Tupperware. Oh, that's yep. funny. Thanks Tupperware. Yeah. So oh, that's our that's little adorable. saying. So when we went to Disney, I had to have a thing because we wouldn't be there without it. Right. Like, Oh so. yeah. And then it's additional free advertising while you're walking around in Florida uh -huh. too. Cause then some, yeah. I'm sure. It, Cause I know you have the t-shirts that say like, ask mm -hmm. me about and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like has that happened? Do people walk up to you because of what you're wearing or is it because oh, of yeah. the car or anything? Both. So I'll tell you, what was it? One time I was picking up my daughter, I was picking up Mackenzie from, uh, a job and mm. I had a migraine this is before she could drive. I had a migraine. I felt like crap. I know I looked like crap and like I pull into the parking lot and I park and I'm just sitting there like waiting for her to come out. Like you can just, Oh, I feel bad. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden there's a knock at the window and like, you know, somebody wants a Tupperware catalog and wants to talk to me about Tupperware. So all of a sudden I'm like, okay, well I can't change the fact that I look like crap, but I got to at least pretend I don't feel like crap and like yeah. you know, have this conversation. And so all the time, especially at gas stations, like you'll have people peek around and be like, oh, mm -hmm. so do you just, you know, put that on there for fun? Like, no, I sell it. Um, but no, yeah, I, so I do. I, I get stopped for my me. shirt. I do. I get stopped for my shirt. I get stopped for my car, all the things. But that's the point, right? Like, yeah, most sure. people, you know, I'm, I'm only as good. Uh, my business is only as good as the amount of work that I put into it. And so... 
um, you know, it's as healthy as I am when I'm working it as hard as I can. So. Sure. No, that's, that's straight liquid gold right there. I'm going to turn that into the clip, I think. <laughs> but uh, uh, for, I know we're, we're cut, coming up close to ending. So I want to do just a couple rapid fire questions with yeah. you um, to cover some of the lessons learned you've at that you've shared so far, mm-hmm. but what would you say would be the biggest lesson or your, your best what now example with Tupperware? Like how, how has that gone for you? Um, find something that you can be passionate about, but don't be afraid to give things a try that you don't think you'll be passionate about. Right. Like there was something about Tupperware, um, for me, that was just like, okay, I'm going to try this, right? But I, if you had told me four years ago that I would have stood up on stage talking in live in front of a thousand people and that I'd be driving a car or that like I had earned enough money, like I just been like, oh, there's no way. Like if you had said, okay, so by the way, this is your four year plan. This is what's going to look like. Um, one, I wouldn't have believed in myself. And two, I probably would have like scared myself. Right. And so it's just being able to find that passion and find something, um, that you're willing to stretch yourself a little for, uh, you know, it's a, it's a tire, it's an old saying people say it all the time. Like, you know, you gotta get outside your comfort zone. I threw away my comfort zone when I joined Tupperware. I have no idea why I threw away my comfort zone, but I did. And it has been the best, literally the best thing for me, both professionally, personally, you know, I see a future that, you know, maybe it's not Belmont, maybe it's Tupperware. Like now I have goals of like, I want to be a business leader and I want to do this. And so any chance I get to train or put myself out there now, I'm like, sign me up. Right. Whereas before I'd be like, oh my gosh, don't pick me. Um, so it's just stretching yourself and believing in yourself and pushing yourself, even when you don't have anything left to give, just finding that little bit more to try to push. Yeah, I love that. You know, you're you're never gonna know unless you try, right? So, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. worst comes to worst, it doesn't work out, and you try something else, right? It, yep. There's yeah, no reason. Exactly. There's no reason to stop just because you failed initially or you made a mistake the first time. Like you can always learn something from that. I think that's beautiful. So, what would you say, based on everything we've talked about and your own personal experiences, what has been your greatest accomplishment thus far? Uh, setting, being proud of the example that I have set for my kids, both the good and the bad. Um, you know, how do you dig yourself out? It's okay to seek help. It's okay to ask for help. Um, I think those little moments where they feed it back to me, uh, when I'm not expecting it, when there's a thank you or a, well, I did this because I saw you do it. Like, you know, it's, the moment of like, okay, this validates, like, this is what I do, what I'm doing. Um, and so for me, that's the biggest piece is like every step I take, it's not just about me. It's about what they're going to see too. And I want to make sure that I'm trying to be, uh, the best person that I can be. Um, they constantly joke that I'm too nice, um, that I'm too polite. My kids are like, you would get kidnapped and the kidnappers would return you and then you wouldn't press charges because you'd just be so grateful to them for returning you that you'd tell them thank you for returning you. And I'm just like, I mean, that's there's extreme. just no point. It is. But yeah, they're just like, that's their version of like, mom, you're way too nice. And I was like, there's literally no reason not to be nice to people. Like there just isn't. Yeah. And so you're not going to dissuade me from being me just because you want to make fun of me. Right. Like, yeah. so be true to who you are. Um, so that not only are you happy with what you do, but like the people around you are noticing it as well. Absolutely. I think that's probably the biggest lesson I've learned so far on this journey with the podcast is that when you're living inauthentically, it's going to be so much harder to be satisfied with what's going on or to find Mm -hmm. a fulfilling life because you're not, you know, living in a way that's true to you and your personality and your beliefs and your morals and your, your goals. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. it's devastating to be fighting against that path. So I think that's really great that even though they tease you, 
you you stick right. to your guns and you and you continue to show up for them over and over and over again like keep showing up is i think the greatest lesson of all that you can mm-hmm. you and can i will tell you i feel like i would be doing myself a disservice if i didn't mention this once because it's all about you know my path yeah. in life um yeah being self-aware is really important and a few years ago i personally discovered the enneagram and i don't know if you know a lot about it but i can't remember if we've talked about it or not before we definitely talked about it i can't remember what my numbers are though i think i'm in the okay. lower i'm like either one two or three ish or one wing which three, i could see I yeah think. so for yeah, anyone listening a long time. that knows i'm a two wing one which means i'm a helper with a side of perfectionist um and I, we did it actually as a work lesson. One of, one of my previous bosses, uh, who I mm-hmm. absolutely adore. And so turn, it was a huge moment for us professionally because she is a one wing two and I was a two wing one and we would butt heads all the time. So the whole point of the Enneagram is it's how you're motivated, like what motivates you. Um, and so she thought I was a perfectionist like her, but then sometimes it seemed like I didn't care. Right. But it turns out I'm a helper. And so my perfectionism would come out when I wanted to help somebody. And if it didn't matter to me and it didn't matter to somebody I cared about, then I just didn't care as much is the best fast way to describe it. Sure. Um, And once we learned that about each other, like we never butted heads one more time. Right. But all that to say is the first time I read the description of the helper, um, I truly didn't think there was anybody like me. I was like, oh, whoa, there's people out there like me. Like, I'm not the only one that feels this way or thinks this way. And I wouldn't tell anybody in my office my number for like Mm -hmm. two weeks because I was almost embarrassed by it. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, these are my intimate thoughts of like all the things, right? And now I just embrace it. Like, this is who I am. I know my faults. But what that helps me with is it's really helped me be a better, more well-rounded person. Um, Because now that I realize, like really realize this about myself, you know, I... I just want to help people. I just want to be a good friend. I just want to be a good mom. I want to be a good sister, a good daughter. Um, That's what I strive. And relationships mean everything to me. And so this is probably why Tupperware has been huge for me and worked well. Um, Because when you are in business for yourself, it's all about the relationships, right? And so because I genuinely care, I'm not being inauthentic. Like I genuinely care about other people, uh, what they're up to. I'm really good about remembering things. And so when I have repeat customers, I have a tendency to be able to be like, oh my gosh, how is so-and-so's graduation? Or, oh, I knew you really liked red, even though I haven't seen you, here's a gift and it's red. Like, you know, just, um, and it can be, you know, a lot, um, but I have found some really good, deep friendships out of that. Um, And I know that I'm not always the easiest person to put up with, but I really think the fact that you being self-aware is a huge piece to learning who you are um, and learning about what's next is knowing who you are because that will help you line up with what you want. Yeah, no, absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. I think that's the the best thing you can do, right? Actually being intentional Mm -hmm. about understanding yourself and applying (laughs) it in the best way possible um, with whatever tools are best suited for you as a person. So Mm -hmm. I think that's great. What is your next goal? So you've rose in the ranks at Belmont. You've rose in the ranks at Tupperware. Do you have an immediate next goal or anything that you're striving for in in the near future right now? Yeah. So um, at Belmont, I kind of, I love where I'm at. Um, I don't necessarily want to go any higher. Um, I just am hoping to see my kids there in two years, right? Um, So my goal is to stay there. I have no intentions of leaving. I love the job. I love the place. Uh, As far as Tupperware goes, someday down the line, I'd love to be a business leader. Um, It is actually an appointed position, so it is not anything I'm ever going to apply for. I'm just hoping someday somebody will notice me and be like, we want her. Um, But my immediate goal is to, um, you know, it's just to keep growing my team um, and earn more free vacations and more free cars and just sure. keep expanding. Um, it really truly is helping the next, the next set of people that I meet. Um, you know, I said, I've been doing this almost four years ago. I'm working an event this weekend 
and is actually the event that I met Melissa at when I bought that Shapo toy. Um, but now that she's moved, I'm taking over the event. And so it feels like I've come kind of full circle. Yeah. Um, because now I'm working the event that started my career in a sense. Your whole journey. And so it's kind of a cool thing. So I'm excited for this weekend. But my goal is to grow other people in the next year, um, maybe promote a director or somebody else. Just I really want other people to experience what I've been able to experience. Um, and I feel like that's the best way I can do it is by giving back and bringing up the next group of leaders. Of course. No, paying it forward is massive, you know, mm -hmm. and if, if a lot of that's going to depend on the continuation of the knowledge, too. So I, mm -hmm. I think that's an, an amazing goal to have. All right, Haley, thank you so much for being on our show. We're going to wrap up here real quick. Do you have any final things you'd like to promote or any information you'd like to provide the listeners in case they want to contact you and whatever you're comfortable sharing for people to have? Yeah. I will also provide Haley's information in the show notes of the episode. Uh, awesome. So that way you can check there and, and find her. But yeah, uh, Haley, anything you'd like to promote before we close out? So I'm on Instagram as the Haley Reed or Tupperware with Haley Reed. Um, so you can find me either of those. But um, yeah, feel free to reach out. My number is probably everywhere because of all the catalogs I've given out in my lifetime of this four years. So there is no secret. If you want to get in touch, um, I'm here. I'd love to talk. I'd love to chat. I always like meeting new people. So whether you want to talk about Tupperware or you want to talk about Belmont or you want to talk about kids, like I got you. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, Haley, I can attest. Haley is somebody you definitely want to have in your corners. But uh, all right, everybody, that's the end of What Now, a podcast for the lost and found. Thank you so much for joining me today, Haley. It was an honor to have you on. Thank you and I'm for so glad having we, me. Yeah, it was so great to catch up with you too and hear more. Um, hear more. You know, true detail about your story and everything that you've gone through and the growth trajectory that you've had has been amazing. And I'm really grateful you were able to share that with us today. But for what now, if you have any questions, you have any other people you would like to have on as guests, you can always reach out to us at askwhatnowpodcast at gmail.com. Like, subscribe, rate us, leave a review, share with your friends, send me notes. You can leave, if you're listening on Spotify, you can always leave uh, voicemail messages either with comments or questions on the show, any advice you'd like us to address, we can do that as well. But uh as you all know, wanderers are always welcome.